excuse me. Hello, and welcome back to the Uninformed Podcast, of course, the greatest piece of audio to come out on Spotify in 2022. Hashtag Spotify wrapped. Send us yours in our Insta DMs. Uh, my name is Mustache Master, and I'm here with Big Daddy J. Heyo! Heyo! Oh, hold on, which one is it? <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll figure that out in a second. I'm also here with local legendary superhero Tisherman. Wow, that's a very, very good callback. Uh, yeah. Only the true fans of the Unformed Podcast would know that. That's very true. And finally, last but not least, of course, I'm here with Mr. Rasputin's personal dancer. Heyo! Heyo! <laughs> Again, we don't know. Um, <laughs> well, that's good, because <clears throat> those intros were weird, right? They were quite weird. You might even say that they were random. But Whoa. My question to you, my magnificent meat maulers, is what even is random? Go ahead. Tell me right now. Throw out some ideas. What is random? Blue, truck, sky, <laughs> a ghost. <laughs> Spontaneity. Uh, it's a simulation of events that is unpredictable. Uh, but how is random? Because uh, random, if you really look at it, um, in a computer sense, uh, even if you think something's random, like a number from one to a hundred, that's still simulated. There's some code that would predict that, so it's hard to distinguish what random is. Wow, like, that's like, a, you know what, Jared and Jonah, you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Tish, Tish is he's on point tonight. Oh, thank you. Wow. I was gonna say in in uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary, look up random. There's a picture of Zach Tisher. Right <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that that's probably true. But when I looked it up, it didn't have a picture of Tish. It had this phrase right here. It said, lacking a definitive plan, purpose, or pattern. Um, so <laughs> yeah, basically, actually, that is pretty similar to Zach Tisher. So maybe uh, he... <laughs> maybe you he you must have routine, a, an addition but, uh, prior to 1993 or 97. After 97, that's when they started including his picture. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It must oh, be yeah. in an older version. Definitely. Um, but yeah, so I, let me. I want to focus in here. Let's focus in on the uh, the pattern part of that definition. So let me let me give an example. All right, Jared. All right, I'm looking at you. Give me the next number in this pattern. You ready? You ready for me, buddy? Yes. Four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty. Boom. Twenty-four. Oh, you got it, man. All right, Jonah, you're next. Jonah, give me the next pattern. Ready? Or the next number in this pattern. This Three. is a lot of pressure. No, no, you can do this, man. Three, two. Five fifteen. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not looking too good right now. Three, two, five, fifteen. You can't do it. No, I mean, what, what, what was the next number on loss? Sixteen. Uh, good, good, good guess there, but uh, the, there is no pattern there. I just looked those up from a random number site. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a pattern. If you the number if the sequence is long enough, but yeah, those are just random numbers generated from a number site. So there's no pattern, therefore they're random, right? All right, Tishy boy, give me some no. instances of something random happening to you. Uh, if I walked outside right now and lightning struck me. Okay, very random. Let's yeah. make a mental note and we'll come back to it later. Jared, back to you, my friend. You've heard of the game of American football, haven't you? I sure have. I've played it. Oh. 
fun fact, audience. He played football. Um, <clears throat> what is a fun fact? Don't mock me. No, I'm not mocking. I was, I was just saying it's fun, bro. I had fun listening to that fact. Actually, I already knew that fact. Um, but listen, Jared, what does the referee do at the beginning to determine who gets the ball first? They flip a coin. Boom. Exactly. Now, is that random? Yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. So if we do some schoolyard math, stay with me here. There's two sides of a coin, right? Two possible outcomes, and a 50-50 shot at both, right? So it's random, right? Yes. Correct. Wrong. It's not. It's not random. (laughs) For statistical and physical reasons, the side that faces up when you flip actually has a 51% chance of landing face up. There's a whole study on that. We could maybe Hmm. link it in the show notes. But, yeah, it's slightly over 50%. And that happens if you catch it when it lands, or right before it lands. If you let it land and bounce and spin around, there are other factors, other bigger factors that come into play, like the shape of the coin, the shape of the edge profile, and the center of gravity. Um, And those are bigger factors. So, for instance, the U.S. nickel, right? It's the right size and shape to land on its edge once every 6,000 times. So then that, of course, inherently makes three possible outcomes, so it obviously can't be 50-50. Um, moreover, the one euro coin, it'll land more often than not heads up. In some cases, up to 80%, which is, uh, you know, if you're a betting man, maybe you want to start using a, a one euro coin. But a similar thing happens with the US penny, not as much, but it lands tails up more often than not. So, yeah, a lot of variations there. And that's why the NFL uses big, evenly balanced coins like a silver dollar, or usually they actually have custom coins. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, with the uh, coins, doesn't that like at least with U.S. coins play into how it's weighted? Like, yeah. there's more weight on, uh, like slightly more weight on one side. Yeah, exactly. The center of gravity, if it's shifted over a little bit because the, the carving on one side, maybe a face is has a bit more mass of metal than you know a building or whatever, or the other way around. It depends on the coin. But yeah, that's exactly right. So yeah, it's actually if you want to be the most fair when you flip a coin, you you catch it before it lands so that it. Uh, those other factors like the center of gravity don't come into play as much um but yeah so okay we have coins in mind right we're all thinking about coins now yeah but let's go back let's go back to high school our favorite class physics tish i know you liked high school physics right i loved it yeah so we all had a problem we can all picture it now where a dude throws a baseball at a certain angle and a certain speed, and then we have to figure out how, how far away it lands, right? Yeah. And with a couple of equations from a sheet, you know, we can do that. Since we have the initial conditions and then some basic equations of motion, you just plug the numbers in and boom, you get some answer. I mean, you could teach a monkey to do that. That's simple enough. We can do the same thing and apply the same logic to flipping a coin since it's still a deterministic system, right? It just has way more variables and conditions. But theoretically, if you could determine the exact initial conditions, like how hard you flip it and how you held it and the air temperature and the wind, blah, 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 all that stuff, you could technically predict how it would land. And that's exactly what researchers at Stanford did. They built a little coin flipping machine, and it can predict which way a coin will land every time. It's wow. just math. It's just math, yeah. So I'll ask again, is, is tossing a coin random? No. Yeah. So well, t- well, okay, let me throw something at yeah, you, okay? Th- throw, bro, throw it at me right now. Is it random? I'm gonna, uh, sure, this is random. I'm going to share a personal anecdote. So years ago during the COVID pandemic, I had a lot of time on my hand, and I went to the casino. And I read online about a guy who would sit down at the roulette wheel, 
and he would write down every single number for like a week or two weeks, figure out which number hit the most, and then he would then bet on it. So I therefore did the same thing. I sat down at a computerized roulette wheel. I wrote down hundreds and hundreds of numbers, and then I <laughs> bet on uh, Black 26. Um, and I used statistical analysis, and it did not go quite as well as uh, the Stanford. So how, how uh, valid was their research? Because mine was quite uh, extensive. <laughs> can, can, I put a well, lot of money into this uh, research experiment. Can that I address like this? quite an unfortunate event. Because uh, I also – I have a little bit of a gambling background as well. Yeah, and I true. know Shout out to our gambling it, episode. Yeah, woo! Uh, RIP to some of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the with the coin though, like Ethan was saying, there's there's weights and statistically, if you flip it a hundred times, it's going to come up heads. You know, because it's it's not a hundred percent fifty fifty every time. On the roulette wheel, if you're playing American roulette, there's uh, what thirty eight squares. There's thirty six numbers and then uh, a zero and a double zero. So you have thirty eight. If you roll, if it hits on one the first time, the next time it spins, you still have a one in 38 chance of it hitting your number. And it, and it doesn't, it's not like you cross off the one and now you have a one in 37, the second time a one in 36, one in 35, etc. Every time you have the same opportunity, the same odds of hitting a number and it's one in 38. What I read when I was uh, doing my research was that some of the machines, kind of like the coins, there's small variables, that there would become slight, like, minuscule chips in the roulette wheel, and that would influence the ball rolling into some more than others. Yeah. Yeah, th- th- those are all probabilities that would be and, more and a, chances a, of gambling. Yeah, but. that would be more a, a defect of the uh, mm. machine that it's in versus actual variable in odds. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me let me get this conversation back on the rails here. Maybe we can come back to that because I think maybe we'll touch on that a little bit later. But let's get back to uh, random numbers here. So, let's say we need an actual random number, right? Um, well, first of all, let, let's figure out why do we even need a random number in the first place. You've already mentioned one of the reasons, uh, gambling. But any other guesses? Tish, I'm sure you might have an idea. Why does the world need random numbers <clears throat> today in society? Why, why are they important? Why, do you, why does the world need random numbers? Um, well, that is a very good question. So the world – why does the world – I. From what I nope. thought of before was uh, with simulations in order to predict okay, yeah. the future. Well, a, so computerized simulations, even though I said before um, they're not necessarily random, but there are simulations to generate uh, an outcome, whether it's positive or negative, um, for weather. Or for, that, that's actually that's a really good example for weather. Uh, they use those like for the, uh, I don't want to say Doppler effect, but to predict uh, if it's going to snow next week or how, what the temperature is going to be, that's one way. And there's uh, thousands so, yeah, of sim- other simulations that can be ran. Simulations. That's, a, that's yeah. a great area where yeah. <clears throat> random numbers are used. Yeah. I'll throw you a bone here. Random numbers are the complete backbone of all modern data privacy, uh, yeah. a.k.a. encryption and cryptocurrency. They're important for simulations, like you just said, for any expensive, dangerous thing you can think of, like a rocket launch or you know, yeah. predicting weather. They've been at the backbone of science and math and statistics for decades, over a century. Um, and a bunch of other things, not to mention gambling, like we just said, in games. So yeah, they're pretty important for modern society. Basically, to, for modern society to function, we need random numbers. 
How many times do you try to log into your bank account through an app on your phone or, or you know, your uh, your Hobby Lobby account, and it says we just sent you a code, please? And there, it's all it's like a one, maybe a C, and then a bunch of random, yeah, randomly letters. generated code. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> that's a, that's another good, good example here. But let's say, <clears throat> let's say you Google, you need a random number, and you just Google, give me a random number, right? How is it giving you that number? Is that number even random? I mean, think about it. A computer is just a glorified calculator, right? It's going to mm-hmm. give you the same results for a calculation every time, just like you were saying, Tish. It can't spin a pinwheel or a roulette wheel, if you will, because if it was the one spinning it, you know, some digital internal pinwheel, it would know ex- the initial conditions, and thus it would be able to predict the outcome, and it wouldn't be random. It needs some external condition that can't be predicted. Any any ideas what this external uh, condition can be that we can use to make random numbers? Tish, I bet you would know one. External condition. Um, so something that uh, humans cannot control, um, such as, um, I don't know, say wind. That could be an external condition. Not, not, what, Tish, well, uh, you're really great that. tonight, man. You're, you're really is that, is that correct? Okay. <laughs> that's a good that's a good right, one. Yeah, okay. so for, for true randomness, right? Well, for, first of all, like <clears throat> for the longest time – computers and whatever programs anything they use just some like simple algorithm and it was it created some pseudo random number it was like picking a number from a table you know it wasn't technically random because it had to be from a table blah 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 um a better way for true randomness things uh, a computer will use things like a barometer which measures atmospheric noise pressure in the air and it's really hard to predict you know it could use other things like the current temperature on mount everest or the wind speed in idaho like random you know different uh metrics but the point is these are factors that are really hard to measure and predict with any degree of precision which pretty much makes them perfect for randomness um so pretty much you're spot on with that answer tish oh nice Wind. so i'll give you five jonah bucks oh, um, yes <laughs> you can cash those in later but all right so what about before all these machines and calculators and computers all these things how did humans get random numbers for science and math because remember we still needed random numbers for you know mathematics statistics all that stuff well there's actually a scientific paper published in 1890 that used die like dice as a method of getting random numbers um but you know that was kind of janky so after that there was actually a book of a hundred thousand random numbers that scientists would use so they would go through this they would open up this massive thick book and they would just pick out of the hundred thousand random numbers they would pick one and um you can actually buy that book today um on amazon and I think they bumped up to like a million random numbers. But I'll give you some of the reviews because the reviews are amazing. Keep in mind, this is literally just a thick textbook from cover to cover, just pages full of random numbers. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> and so here's the reviews. <clears throat> it keeps you guessing until the end. I just love how the plot is so random. I would like to see a Note version, maybe 10,000 random numbers. So yeah, kind of uh, joking around there, but the point is that it's kind of silly in today's world to use a book just of random numbers. But nonetheless, it exists. But anyways, back to modern random things. So think about this. That barometric pressure, right? The thing that modern computers use to make a random number, the temperature on Mount Everest and the wind speed in Idaho, they're all deterministic systems, right? They all are physical things in the real world. And just like throwing a baseball into the air or flipping a coin, they also can be predicted with enough information and calculating power, which then technically makes them not random. 
Um, I mean, a thousand years ago, people thought that eclipses were random, if not controlled by the gods. But now we can predict a, a lunar or solar eclipse thousands of years into the future. You know, just because now we know more information and we can do some simple math and predict some condition a thousand years from now. They couldn't do that back then. Um, so that's an example of something that was random is not random anymore. I'm going to mention this guy, uh, and maybe some of our audience will hear, recognize his name. He was pretty famous. Um, he was a historic French mathematician from the 1800s. He was like a physicist. He was everything, like an astronomer, you know, one of those dudes that did everything back then. His name was uh -huh. Laplace. Yo! Hey. I love that guy. You know Laplace? No. Oh, okay. No. Oh, he's pretty famous. You should look him up. But anyways, <laughs> he supposed that if there was a power, a being, you know, some being, that was omniscient enough to know the state of the entire universe at any given time, God. then anything in the universe could be predicted there on out. I don't God. want to get too into the weeds on this, but nowadays we know that everything in the universe is made up of 12 fundamental particles that interact in only four predictable ways. Everything. Whoa, everything whoa, 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 whoa. That sounds like a really hot take there. <laughs> that's, that's literally a very cold take. That's just physics but uh yeah right, so, so there's 12 earth wind and fire that's three of them <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. earth wind and fire yes oh the band right. yeah <laughs> and uh water too don't forget water yeah but yeah no the, literally i mean the earth is or the universe is made up of these 12 things it, like atoms uh are made up of them as well they're smaller than atoms so like you know quarks or whatever they're called um and they interact only in four ways so Technically speaking, just like Laplace said over 100 years ago, if you knew the state of every particle in the universe, theoretically, you could predict everything anywhere till the end of time, making nothing random ever. And if everything was predictable, that would make free will an illusion and fate a real thing. <laughs> but that's a pretty hot take, so I'm going to open this floor up to you peoples. Uh, what do yinzers think about this? I know that that... The the second to last thing I said was not a hot take. That is uh, internationally agreed upon. But the I'm last still thing I said was a very hot take. <laughs> I'm still trying to wrap my head around the twelve. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's let's assume for conversation's sake that that is accurate. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's which, true. There's yeah. twelve. There's twelve <laughs> fundamental particles. It's like when they, you know, when like they do that Higgs boson stuff, where they like smash things together in that underground yeah. tunnel over in Europe. Yes, it's like those things. But yeah, gotcha. so I, I hate the I I hate the idea of thinking that my entire life, everything that I'm going to do is predetermined. Uh, I like the idea that I have some control over my life, and you know, if all of a sudden I start uh, drinking, doing drugs, and you know, end up homeless, I don't like the idea that that was predetermined. If all of a sudden I you know I work really hard and you know, become super wealthy. I hate the idea that that was predetermined. I like the idea that, you know, whoever I am, whoever I become is something that I had control over. So that's more of a feeling thing. I, I don't know if it's true or not. I'm just saying I don't like the idea of... Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, how scary is that, that <laughs> to think that if you could possibly measure every single particle... Keep in mind, guys, this is like next to impossible it's like unsurmountable the amount of information you would need it's basically impossible but if you could theoretically know the state of every single particle in the universe that means you could determine you could figure out what Jonah's going to do for the rest of his life 
That's well, wild. It, is there an argument to be made that with technology ever increasing, theoretically, way down the line, there's a point where they can determine, they know the outcome of everything? Yeah, so... But that, that's, it, it, real, that's, And I'm sorry, that... It, that made me think of something else that kind of ties into in my mind i thought of like the the butterfly effect that's exactly where if you go that's back exactly in time that. and you know step on a butterfly how does that influence your future now if we get to a point where you can predict everything then there are going to be people that try to circumvent that or they theoretically they would already know that that's going to happen and to stop that it just seems like chaos yeah it's total chaos so here i'll i'll mention this the butterfly effect is just a uh like a colloquial name of saying something is extremely sensitive to its initial conditions and in the, the butterfly effect is like you know if a butterfly lands on a rock a thousand years later that rock turned into the Taj Mahal instead of like a hole in the ground or whatever um and the, the the thing the point is there that like you know initial conditions are very uh can be very sensitive to something and so i'll give you an example in physics there's uh, an example of controlled chaos we use it's called a triple pendulum and essentially a triple pendulum is almost impossible to predict it's you know chaos essentially and just like i said you know i've been saying for the past 20 minutes here you know if you knew the state the initial conditions of everything on that pendulum it's three pendulums put together. That's why it's a triple pendulum. But if you knew the state of everything, how it started, you know, you knew the air pressure, the, the temperature in the room, blah, 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 all this, you know, technically you could figure out the position of it at any point in time when you dropped it. But the point of it nowadays where it's called chaos or chaotic is because it is so sensitive to those initial conditions, a.k.a. the butterfly effect, that if you hold it up straight, you know, and then drop it, you could hold it, you know, a fraction of a micrometer over a little bit. And obviously, you know, that's not noticeable. It's a tiny effect, a tiny change in initial condition, but that creates a completely different outcome. That's why it's called controlled chaos. That's a huge factor. And that goes to say, like, if we were able to measure every single thing and predict it, one tiny little fluctuation in if a measurement was made wrong, um, that would butterfly effect, just like you said, and change the outcome hugely. Hmm. Scary stuff. Yeah. But let's let's if we make it let's make it smaller let's say instead of just the complete universe let's just say we have a little cube right and there's maybe a plant in there or something and a light bulb or whatever like a really simple system make it really small and everything in there was controlled it's you know a little terrarium technically you could do the same thing you know uh have every initial condition in that box uh determined and then run uh simulation and you would technically know like everything about that plant Again, even that, that small scale, that is like way more than any modern piece of technology can uh, handle right now. But still, nonetheless, it's cool to think about. And what you said, Jonah, where it's like, you know, that's pretty much impossible with today's tech. Well, the same thing was true about like predicting an eclipse a thousand years ago, whereas now that's commonplace to predict solar and lunar eclipse. So it is possible, maybe in the future, that everything would be known. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's a pretty hot take. And that would pretty much mean the end of civilization because, I mean, <laughs> like I said, civilization is built about, around randomness. And if you take away randomness and free will, then it's like, what is the point of life? It's chaos. Yeah, and just to kind of play devil's advocate there, uh, in the scenario you said with a cube and a light and a plant, uh, 
those I feel like are much easier to control the you know even if you think of the the light as the sun coming up and then turning off at the same time uh, maybe every day it's you know it, it turns on two minutes later but then you get two minutes you know extended on the end of it or you know whatever uh, a plant exists to to live uh, to grow and to live and to prosper whereas humans also do the same it's a little bit more confusing with humans and again it goes back to i like the idea that humans have free will and that it's not predetermined you know i could decide to call off tomorrow or take off or maybe i run a red light and all of a sudden I get pulled over and i'm late and i miss a car crash you know is that predetermined uh yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot more variables with with humans exactly but that's that's the that's the point though that's the scary thing that i'm trying to bring up is that if you could know everything if you could know every one of those initial conditions you would be able to say that you did get pulled over by you know you did run that red light or you did get pulled over because that was you know those decisions that you think are free will but are just technically responses to you know the world right now your environment you know you have sensors on your body and they go in and your brain just makes decisions which are just like chemical and electrical pulses that happen all those things could be modeled technically um like that is like I said, basically impossible with the amount of power that would require, um, like computational power. But it's it's fun, a fun thought experiment to think that it is fe- theoretically possible. It sure is. Yeah. I want to mention one last thing here, and that future I mentioned is scary, of course, the lack mm. of free will, right? But there is one source of randomness in the universe, and that source of randomness is actually kind of keeping everything alive. There's two things. One is the second law of thermodynamics, which just says that entropy is always increasing, which means that every interaction, the disorder, the chaos, is going to increase after that interaction, always, for the end of time. The second of which is um, Einstein. He said, <clears throat> I don't believe God played the dice with the universe. You could not believe that particles so small would behave randomly. That's quantum mechanics, right? He could not believe that they could not be predicted unless they are measured. And that quote still holds today because quantum physics is still inherently random. It's the, the most fundamental source of randomness in the universe, and, the pr- and it's the proof why uh, we do have free will. That's at least what I think. And <clears throat> why this whole idea of being able to predict everything probably unlikely because the fact that we can never predict quantum mechanics because it's inherently random so yeah I'll speaking leave it there. of total speaking of totally random looking at this from a fifty thousand foot view say theoretically at one point in time way down the line we do have the technology and the the, the computing power that you mentioned to be able to predict the future if we have all of that that we can predict the future would it be possible then to reverse engineer that and be able to look all the way back in time and figure out everything that had previously happened. No. If we can pre no. Because it's I think I, I think no. I don't know. But I think because think about it, it's like the same thing with the uh like the guy throwing a baseball. If you know the initial conditions of when he throws it, you can predict where it will be. But that gives no uh information of where it was before like when he picked it up where it was, you know? 
Like but if you a, can a set of initial conditions, you just know where things will be in the future, not in the past. I so think. in in that scenario, the guy throwing the ball, you can predict where it will end up. If you look at it from where it ends up, you can predict or not predict, but you can calculate where it came from. That's true. You know, that's that's very true. That's a good point. So in that scenario, then you would be able to predict the past, like if you know where it landed and how fast it landed. Reverse engineering, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's very true. So maybe you could predict the past. And if that were the case, then we could all time travel. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it'd be kind of cool to, you know, okay, I here's here's Jonah, 29 years old, sitting in a bedroom, you know, with his brother and friends recording a podcast. You know, reverse engineer that, you know, I'm here. These were my parents. Go back further, Graham, you know, and, and all these tiny little things that got me to where I am. Versus, and then you know, like this is where I'm going to be. My 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 kids, my grandchildren, all the way down. It's 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 super interesting thought experiment, and obviously we're nowhere close to any of it. But it, it is really cool to think about. Yeah, and it's true we are nowhere close. But the whole point of this podcast was to keep in mind, like the coin flipping machine. You know, that's something that is technically we call random, but something that now that is not random as of 2012 when they made that. You know. So, you know, if, if you scale that technology over the next thousands of years, you know, it's scary where it could lead. I think well, and th- I think it's uh, insane to think how one stimuli or one interaction, one decision can dramatically impact your life. Um, like butterfly effect. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, we've been yeah. saying. It, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's insane. Sometimes it's unfathomable, but um, with – like we've been saying with the amount of processing power we have we cannot compute that but um who knows maybe uh an ancient civilization or uh alien beings might drop down and be like oh this is the answer to uh what quant- why quantum mechanics exists and what this is why everything is seemingly random when it actually isn't but i mean that'd be interesting i love aliens so did, did you hear the quote from einstein where he also said uh, that in the future aliens will drop down and give us the Dude, answers I heard that we need. one. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. one of his hot takes, I think. No way. <laughs> yeah, that was one on his deathbed. He said that, I think. <laughs> yeah, and Coco the gorilla also said sign language. Oh yeah. Coco, oh dude, yeah. Coco is the one that started kicked this all off. That's what she no initiated way. the whole. <laughs> By the experiment. way. For those of you listening, if you're curious who Coco was, please tune into our previous episode of The Uninformed Podcast, where you can learn all about Coco, who she was, and how she became, uh, you know, who, who, or I guess, who she became. Exactly. But, yeah. That, uh, that happened in the past. Everything in there is facts, and we are not trying to predict that. We know right. that that happened. That's right. Available <laughs> wherever podcasts are found. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Exactly. So, listen, boys. This thought experiment today was quite fun. I hope you uh, take something with you guys and you at home, in the car, wherever you are. Take, you know, take a couple minutes and run that thought experiment through your mind. Think about that. Think about small scale, about <clears throat> being able to predict really small things and then see how much you can scale that in your brain without you know, having a uh, brain aneurysm. Um, but yeah, after you have your brain aneurysm, just make sure to give us five stars and uh, like, comment, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. <clears throat> Sorry, I think I'm getting a little bit sick. But anyways, hopefully you are a bit more informed, and we shall see you in the next episode. Peace out. E-town. Goodbye. You've been erased. (laughs) Rock and roll. (laughs) 